Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Lightning Dogs, the official podcast, is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Lightning Dogs is conceived as an all-ages property, but these behind-the-scenes conversations are not all-ages. Please listen at your own discretion. Sometimes, a great idea is truly like a bolt of lightning. And sometimes, if you're lucky enough, you can capture the exact moment that it strikes. That's what happened for us one fateful night while recording an episode of Nerdy Show. We accidentally launched a concept that derailed the entire show, and in no time, our lives. We couldn't stop talking about our favorite action figures and B-movies while twisting them into strange creatures, weird adventures, and dog puns. Lots of dog puns! This is the story of Lightning Dogs, a journey steeped in the glory of 80s and 90s animation and sci-fi where anthropomorphic dogs tear through the wasteland of a ruined Earth, battling mutants, miscreants, and the evil Glampire. Coming soon to small screens, comic books, and podcasts. Or at least that's the goal. But how do you go from a crazy idea into a fully formed world of conflict and characters? How does a harebrained discussion become an animated series? That's what we're finding out firsthand. We've recorded the entire development of Lightning Dogs since day one, from the moment of conception to every world-building session and planning meeting, and the journey is still ongoing. Tune in as we create the world of the Lightning Dogs live! Characters are at the heart of the concept of Lightning Dogs. The retro aesthetic and nods to our favorite pop culture is what lit our fire at the start, but what really got us invested was the characters. What was Angela like on the battlefield? How would Dingo struggle with leadership? And just how low would Kane stoop? We were excited to find those answers and pin down the team's origin stories, but as we quickly discovered, doing that with any certainty was impossible when we knew next to nothing of the world they came from. With that in mind, Cap, Tony, and I quickly changed tactics and jumped right into a new exercise that would see us build the history of the Lightning Dogs' homeworld from the ground up. From the moment humanity opened a gate to this uncharted world, to the moment the Lightning Dogs used that same gate to travel to Earth. We're going to be using a, a really abstract role-playing system called Microscope. Doug, you have the most experience with Microscope, so I'll defer to you to explain it in brief. Uh, basically, my, Microscope is a role-playing game where you don't necessarily play the role of, this, of, of one character. The object of the game, where there technically can be no end, it can go on for as long as you want, but the actual gameplay is to create a history. You control a timeline. 
We are going to work together and collaborate on a planet. You can choose a kingdom. You can choose an entire planet. You well, can do a, a universe. It can be as big or small yes, as you and, want. Hence microscope. You can zoom in or out to any point in history, forward, backwards, in any order, anytime you want. And by the end of your game session, you have a timeline of events that you did not have when you began. And it's all about creating a world. Some people could do this to create a D&D campaign before their actual campaign begins. Um, some people can do it to brainstorm if you're working on like a television show or a movie or a comic book and you want to know what the history of the world is. So I figured that'd be a good idea for us to do for Lightning Dogs because this is already a very collaborative idea yeah. and um, we want we to We don't go... know shit about it. And we want, we want to better yeah. understand where our characters are actually coming from. Right. And, and, this, and this is a way to help organize those thoughts into, yeah. uh, into a more concrete timeline. So the first order of discussion is what exactly we're calling the dog planet once and for all. The one I like the most is calling it home, uh, relating to just the, the dog mentality. Obviously, they, they've, they've come to learn that they are not from this planet originally, or, or maybe, as far as, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. They, they've come to ponder whether or not they at are. Least, at least suspect. Yeah, um, but a dog is very attached to its home. Loyalty. And, and I think it's probably, it was a 50-50 chance between humans calling Earth home or Earth, and probably one of the reasons that we ended up being Earth aside from being extremely matter-of-fact, is that we evolved at a considerably slower pace than the dogs, who are now, in a very brief period of time, aware of how the universe works, their place in the solar system, and other things. I like the idea of home, but I don't... I also don't like calling it by essentially a pronoun, because it almost... It feels like it doesn't grant the dogs enough intelligence. It's like they've got this military, this advanced society, but at the same time, they're calling their planet home, which they also call, I would assume, the domicile home. You know, like, I need to go home. It, it lends well, Or to... we change that aspect no. of their dialogue. How do we feel about domus? What's domus mean? Domus is Latin for home. Like domicile. D-O-M-U-S. That's, it... not, that, I'm, that's not bad. No. The, the only thing about home was that if they come to realize that they're not from this planet, then they want to go back to where they belong, which is Earth. Earth would become their new home, where it's like, we need to leave home and go to the human planet, It's it suddenly is going to sound strange if you say we're leaving home and doing whatever. But Which is the, why, I mean... But, like, I, but I like that the, the, the thing about home is that it embeds this thing in their culture... It tells us something about how they think. Right. It, it feels very dog-like. Right. Which is, which right. is what's drawn me to it. Because, I mean, I suppose if this was if this was like one of the many shows that we've parodied it would, through Lightning Dogs, it would right. be like, it would be called like Lupus Maximus or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one of the things we need, to, we need to have embedded in this world from the get-go is that the dogs are essentially a cargo cult in a lot of ways. Are you familiar with cargo cults? Explain for, for um, those who don't understand. Those people who are not me. <laughs> who are not me. <laughs> Cargo cults are a phenomenon that's happened in many islands. Ships will wash up, planes will drop stuff off, all the weird stuff left through the Pacific during World War II, and indigenous peoples there will come to worship or have their entire culture influenced heavily by the presence of generally the white man's right. stuff that they've left behind. A, a good oh, yeah. example of this is uh, the, the two the films, God's Must, Must Be Crazy, crazy. Yeah. where a Coke bottle falls out of the sky and causes all kinds of trouble. Yeah. So the dogs are like that in that their language, uh, their understanding of the world, their technology, everything is influenced by two things. The presence of crystals organically on their planet and the presence of all the stuff that mankind's left behind. So it's possible that whatever mankind called their planet, the dogs too would call that planet. Wherein, because scientists are cute, they would probably name it something kind of dumb. Right. And so we can, you know, we can use that if we want to call it Lupus Maximus. You know, maybe we should. But uh, I, but please no. I don't think they would call it anything dog related. 
just because it's uh, it would have to be it's it's more likely for it to be called like Cerberus One or something in order like to tie it back to ancient mythology. That's something that the scientists would name it. Absolutely, right? like, you know. No, they, especially if, let's say they found three Ooh. three planets in the system. Three planets in the system. They started to colonize one. Cerberus of the One, Cerberus Two, Cerberus Three. Oh my God! If we acknowledge that a multiplanetary system like, element, then that would imply that the scientists too were acknowledging it as part of their mission, which would imply factions on a in a multi-planet setting, mm-hmm. and that the dogs would already have some degree of space travel. Right within. The, I mean, this is this is a whole nother. Well, I was. Hint- it could I, also I, be. I was hinting when we talked about the bios that we discussed so far with, especially with uh, Pierre, that he decided not to try out for astronaut school. All oh, right, right. So the fact that they've already now whether or not that means they gone to another planet in their system or you know I mean, or whatever they could be close enough like earth and its moon i mean we we haven't really even discussed what kind of a terror this this dog planet has if it's something like right. ours or if it is something that's primarily rocky i, I, I always pic- yeah. it pictured it as somehow with like blue skies but also no water right which I'm, makes no sense I'm, I'm i'm okay with there being a multi-planet system it's just that in order to isolate them as much as possible we could make it like an earth system where there's only one planet you could actually live on the rest could be a gas giant or a, mm-hmm. or just a, a planetoid mm-hmm. um but anyway to, to, if we're going to start the microscope game this is actually on, fa- fairly on point okay uh because we need to decide when it's going to start and when it's going to end mm-hmm. and also a list of things that are for sure we're going to have in the storyline and a things list of things that we will avoid at all costs okay and we have to agree upon all of those okay I like the idea of Cerberus because I do enjoy the idea of home and home being so intrinsically tied to a dog's philosophy that calling it Domus kind of ties in with what a scientist would do because they're a big fan of Latin and they're a big fan of, hey guys, we're sending the dogs home. I don't don't see why we can't just say the human scientist called it Cerberus 3 and the dogs before they ever discovered or had the the mental capacity to understand the the human scientist stuff, they could just call it Domus and then say, like the big government cover-up secret could be, oh, Domus is actually called Cerberus 3. And everyone's like, what the hell is Cerberus 3? And it's like, that's what the we found this. It. We <laughs> found this rudimentary cave drawing. Right, it's like yeah, a Disney yeah. painting. Yeah. <laughs> you might have noticed that this episode sounds a bit different. That's because in order to play microscope, we needed some room, so we ditched our studio mics in favor of a mini recorder. All you really need to play are index cards and something to write with. As you collaboratively build your setting, you can zoom in and out at will, from millennia to defining moments. We'll be covering a lot of the gameplay steps here. But if you're curious, we'll link to where you can pick up the microscope book on this episode's page. The first step of the game is to define some parameters, which we already have in terms of the timeline we'll be covering. But what about the rules of the world itself? Break this down for me. Just, I mean, like, what kind of things are we talking about? Various, like, just, uh, oh, oh, like, oh, like for magic. Ex- for example, no magic. Okay. But we that's something we've established for lightning dogs in general anyway. Anything that looks like magic is... It's just science we don't understand Exactly. Yet. We are embracing Thor. So we, you know, so magic is an example, although I, I feel we don't even have to list it. So, so, yeah. So, abbreviated developmental cycles. We mean abbreviated developmental cycle. Meaning that rather than a dog taking a millennia to reach a particular era. That, that can tie into the question of uh, how time and space works on this planet, depending on, as I'm sure we've all seen Interstellar. The, uh, Actually, I have no. not. Neither of you guys have seen Interstellar? I wanted to, but... Badly. Fools! Depending on the g- amount of gravity and the star system, time can run different there than it can here. You know, we don't have to necessarily say that, oh man, we wanted it to be like a thousand years on Earth. And over here, to, you know, like, or in order for them, in order, in order for a dog colony to grow to the height of something that we are now, we would need like what, at least a hundred thousand years, you know, 
but then 100,000 years, they come back to Earth, Earth is completely turned to dust at that point. Well, what if it's only been 100 years on Earth, but on the dog planet, it has been that long? We don't... The, the rules... You can fudge the rules, if depending on okay. the system that they're in. Right, and uh, and as Also, the is, crystals, like, you know. We, we haven't decided whether or not... Is it is it interdimensional travel? Is it interspatial travel? And I think it's I think it's basically a tesseract. I think it's leaving mm-hmm. from one point in space to another, and they just happen to be very far away. And, and maybe one of the only things that anchored that um, them being able to find, a, you know, like to open a point in space on Earth to another point in space grounded, I might add, because space is constantly moving. So mm-hmm. that's that's already improbable. And it's the presence of crystals. It's the, like the, the fact that they were able to fabricate them and then link to something organic. And that's that's kind of they act as the, the lock mm-hmm. on there. One of the more reasons that it makes it a precious resource because if there aren't crystals to lock onto in that space anymore, well, the, the key is effectively out of the ignition. So what are the things that we know that we do not want to have on the dog planet? Comprehensive human records. We want them to have a cursory understanding of what was there, but not everything. Because... That, that's, again, that's kind of, that's kind of a given because we've already established this world a little bit. Uh, now, if we were starting from scratch, that'd be a very important thing to add. But in terms of what we're about to leap into, maybe I'm thinking something like... Uh, no other alien contact. Right. Okay. Yes. No other alien contact, and no other and no other uh, sentient life forms. Yeah. Or not. No other human level intellect. Yeah. Life forms. So that could be two knows. There is a no no alien contact. Just on the topic of like say video recordings, do we want to isolate what kind of video recordings might have been left behind? Do we want to have pop culture and that's how the dogs interpret human society? Do we want to have historical documents of any kind? We'll just say, yes, that human records are available, the details of which we can find out in the game. I'm writing better tech than we have now. Not, it kind of goes without saying, but just so as a reminder. Mm-hmm. No intergalactic travel prior to Farfetch. Mm-hmm. Right. Or no, no, no further interstellar travel, you would say. I guess, yes, they do have a space program. Even if it's just mostly yeah, even observing. Yeah. That, that is a, a good one for a marker of they will at least reach that point. Cats, no cats. Yeah, no cats. Yeah, yeah. So no, there's no other real no species. other Earth species. Mm-hmm. Um, well, instead of no other Earth species, I would because they may have like, if we're talking about cheeseburgers and 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 hot dogs, they may have cows and pigs that are basically the same as they are on Earth now. It's but just that the what dogs. Would keep, what would keep them from having evolved at the same rate that the dogs did? You could argue that dogs are smarter than than your average cow. I mean, but not and, a pig. Yeah, a pig is a tricky one. So let's say that they have machines that can synthesize these various foodstuffs. That, I was going to suggest that dogs are a hunting animal, especially in packs, whereas pigs pigs are bred to be a domesticated food source. So if the humans who come to this planet bring cows and pigs and chickens and things, and now the humans leave, dogs are going to continue to eat those things. I mean, if you let a dog loose and it's hungry, it'll chase after a chicken, it'll chase after whatever. Well, dig this. If you have a planet where evolution is affected by the presence of something organically occurring within the planet then the entire planet is in a advanced state of evolution and is completely out of flux. Like, it is rampant, it is mad, it is some kind of, like, crazy Eden world, almost apocalyptic in its mm-hmm. scope. That's not the world we want them to exist in. So let's assume that everything that's on that planet is existing within the same amount of, like, uh, like natural parameters as what we would have on Earth because mm-hmm. it's used to existing alongside the crystals. Right. The reason the dogs evolve is because they're, they're foreign. There yeah. you go, yeah. And, who, and we could say that the chickens and pigs and cows can all mutate, just not grow the intelligence of... I just, uh, they're, just, they're just different. They're, they're, they're like cows. They're like pigs. They're yeah. just not cows and pigs. Yeah, yeah. Just like how on Earth, there's no more, there's nothing resembling a cow or pig anymore. From way back when. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll say, yes, recognizable food, but different. 
Sounds like an internet campaign. Hashtag yes, recognizable food. <laughs> tired of seeing burgers that you don't know where they I'm came from. I'm tired of these GMOs and all this other shit. I want, I want to know where it comes from. Vote yes, recognizable yeah. food. I've written uh, recognizable food and some cultural elements. Yeah. We're, we're trying to, I mean, at least before we talked about portraying a positive image, we don't want any dog racism. Yeah, like, I mean, we, we know there's going to be one or several wars in this history. I'm sure. But it's Have not, a schnauzer with a little mustache right here. <laughs> but it's not going to be about race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> People have only the pure breeds. No racial distinction. Because they're just they're all dogs, man. And all hey, dogs man, go all to heaven. Yeah. All do, all yes, all play. dogs go to heaven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is pretty good. I feel like we're going to find some stuff, yeah. and we'll add it. And then we can always add it later, yeah. yeah. But just as a starting point, we know this is, this is pretty concrete. So... What's the next Humans step, land. This next step is we go, in turn, we start adding elements to this timeline. To start, I mean, we know that uh, we have a starting point where the humans arrive and a starting or an end point where the lightning dogs leave. These main things of the timeline, we fill it by building downward. So each of these vertical cards represents like an era. It could be a hundred years, could be a thousand years. It's basically however you want to define it. Or if you want to contribute by building something that already exists. So for I'm just for an example, this is I'm not even going to keep this one, but as an example, I say I want to make the era because again at any point you can jump in. So I'm like I want to make the era where they discover space flight. So it it, it creates a new era of uh, technology. There's a big te uh, technology boom. So I'll say era of aerodynamics and space flight. So I would just say all right, you know, from the moment dogs first discover flying to rockets, and I could build that there. And then on the next, immediately following, Cap can say, I want to make a event under that era. Uh, the event could be the first plane that took off was this, and uh, this is why it's important. And then if Tony was so inspired by what we just created, you could go further in that direction and say, you want to make a scene in that event, and you can describe the moment of the dog with his tongue flapping out as he's going through the breeze with the goggles on of, you know, of like whatever it is. And you can get as precise as you wanted. It's funny, you jump to the exact image that we yeah, imagine. Yeah. And, uh, or you could zoom out and say, you know what, you don't want to go on that path. You want to make same era, but another event later, like the, the first crash, rocket. The crash shortly thereafter. Yeah, or the crash. Well, that would, that would even be the scene. So you have era, event, and a scene. The crash of that thing would be a scene in that event. Okay. So think of it as you zoom in and zoom in and zoom in, or you're zooming out, zooming out, zooming out. But what you can't do is say that, that aerodynamic and the, the first plane launch. And that's all we have so far. You can't say, I want to make a scene really specific about the first dog to cook a cheeseburger. And it's over here like, whoa, 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 there's no error there. Like that's a blank slate. We can't, you have to build to that. Makes and, sense. you know, and we just keep going in and around. So all we got right now is the starting point where the humans arrive and our lightning dog hero team mm -hmm. when they leave. Because that's as far up to date as, as we're going to get. So we have the entire history of this planet to go through. Uh, I'm going to put an event card under the era of the humans arriving. And I'll just say humans arrive with their pets and livestock to colonize this planet to mine for the crystals. That's something we've already all talked about. And the planet looks stable. Looks good. Like this is a good planet. They're gonna, we're going to get what they want. And these circles represent a white circle means generally good. 
a dark strip represents generally bad stuff happens. So it's like a dark time or a nice time. So this seems this is optimistic. So this is going to be seem kind of nice. Before you before you dive in with that, mm-hmm. I, this tags back to something we've. I don't remember if we ever put a pin on it or not. But the reason for humans being there in which humans actually were present. Now what you're describing sounds like a full blown colonization, mm-hmm. which is sound. However. A full-blown colonization would not have been evacuated when the Earth went to the shitter. Right. Uh, the, what, I, what I was suggesting was more of like a mining colony. Mm-hmm. It is a colonization, but they're not there to they're there expand human race. They're there for the crystals. Yeah. Right. I, I just don't think they would have evacuated. Like, if there was if there was any kind of stability there that was beyond exploratory, I'm not sure. Like, I mean, like a small community. But I'm talking about like maybe 20, 30 people at most, all scientists, people who don't, they don't have stakes down there yet. They have like burgers. Like, they, mm-hmm. they, they, there's nothing, there's nothing 100% sustainable there. Also, they're not arriving by rocket necessarily. They're arriving by... They're arriving by gateway. Yeah, they could, yeah. they could arrive by gateway. So it really isn't that much of a stretch for them to just leave in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if whatever crisis, because, oh, oh, here's the other thing we should say no to. We're not going to discuss what the crisis is on Earth. Like, it has right. nothing to do with what's happening here. I'd imagine that whenever the crisis on Earth starts happening, it's like everyone abandon ship, get back to Earth because serious shit is going down. We have to stop. We have to stop using the, the, yeah. the far fetched technology. It just, it, I mean, there need to be make no reason. And, and who, who's, what's to say humans stay behind, but they just died out? Right. Well, then, I mean, I would say if it was a male and a female capable of reproduction, they may have been. Of the mind of oh, we're in Adam and Eve in a new bold new world, and that would but that's a if story. If, perhaps, if his if his boys don't swim, it doesn't <laughs> matter. You know, perhaps exposure to the naturally growing crystals renders a human being. Well, this thing is, you can leave this openly vague or reinterpret it however you want. Okay, is the thing. And if there's anything that you flat out disagree with, you can challenge. And it's not like a thing where it's like I challenge. No, it's more of like okay, well then let's build the correct version. Right. For the first event card underneath humans arrive era. I said, first humans arrive and start building a colony. This world seems good. Lots of natural crystals. So that's, that's again, that's an event that takes place over their first day. Okay. And, and the, the era is where it takes ye- multiple years, and that uh, creates that. So as an example of that. So then move on to Cap. Go completely nuts. If there's an era that spans 100 years, 1,000 years, if there's another event uh, in that same era of the humans first arriving. What I want to add is the wild. All the time before humans leave and dogs like are not first are fire. not yet intelligent or yeah, yeah like the moment before the monolith arrives yeah I got you okay <laughs> do I include any other information on this card really simply just say uh, uh, like absence of humans no rules just right <laughs> <laughs> now if I was to want to include say a sect of society from later we need to then build that era and have yeah yeah I, I got I got head thoughts up in that yeah. kind of direction. That's why it is better to generally start filling out eras, large eras first, and then build to that uh, as okay. well. Then I will also create an era. And this is, I, I picture this kind of like right before the lightning dogs leave. This is... Okay, this is a late era. A late era. Okay. Mm-hmm. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And don't think of this as an era. The the starting point and end point is just a point. Okay. That's not an era in and of itself. I mean, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. Let's call it high society. The pinnacle of their of their yeah. society? Okay. Pinnacle of their society. Pinnacle of lupine culture. That implies that they're wolves. It's canine culture. Which also brings back the alliteration, which I'm always a fan of. <laughs> and then I guess that's back to you, Doug. What's interesting about this high society thing is that kind of makes me feel like, um, like if we're looking at, let's say, the last hundred years or what might be the last 50 years for dog culture before the lightning dogs leave, that could be like the, the, the roaring 20s, effectively. Mm-hmm. But you got to figure out where does that where is that factor into? The reason the lightning dogs are so militarized, the reason all that's going on is because they're in the middle of a cold war with someone who they just fought a real world war with somewhere no, in the I look, past I look at it more as the I look at it more as the 60s than the 20s. I mean, the 60s. It was all, we were all about the future, we were all about what we were doing, there was... Which was motivated by the Cold War, I might add. (laughs) No, I understand, I understand. But that's the culture that I'm picturing. Okay. That's sort of, let's look to our future. Check out the Concorde. It's a jet that goes supersonic. This is going to be everywhere. You're going to have one in your backyard. It's great. Pay no attention to the black-booted thugs in your backyard. I'm going to make another uh, uh, era card. I'm going to call it Hunt and Gather, take place right after the wild. Uh, this is where, where they start to show the true intelligence of higher thinking beings being able to actually hunt and gather, work as a team, building um, the first... Going going from just a, a, pa- from a, a pack, roving pack to, to a, a pack uh, with a homestead. Yes, it's like you, you, go, you go from being a pack of wild animals that just go wherever to uh, being a, 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 a village, sort of, so, so to speak. So like this is post-monolith, if we will. Right. Um, so I'll say... Uh, and for reference, dear listeners, you probably know this, but there's... There's no there's, monolith. There's no monolith. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there's not? If anything, it's just the presence of crystals. The they crystals been, the crystals do affect it. They like, have been arranged into a monolith. I mean, there's no doubt some crystal worshipping here. Not an analog for New Age culture. It just, it just It's just a thing that happens. It's our ever-present MacGuffin. I wrote, uh, hunt and gather. Intelligence grows. Language and society has its first steps. So where they're saying bark as opposed to barking. Like there's the... the, the, the <laughs> I would generally say that's the the first bit of uh, of of intelligence, meaning like they can mm-hmm. fire is 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 playing a part here. It's now about controlling the environment as opposed to being victim to it. You will kneel before me. Sit, plant. Gods from the past. This is where the elements of human culture, like the dogs, are actually starting to recognize. Yeah, start, starting to recognize. Like this could, and this could, there could be similar eras to this within with different developments. Because at first, it's I know this is a white circle era. It's generally a good thing. They're they're creating their own religions and so on and so forth. But as the different packs spread out all over the globe at this point, 
you know, find their own artifacts and interpret them in different ways, it's going to, this is, this is the point from where culture divides. As soon as you introduce that, that mm-hmm. feeling that they're connected to something bigger than them and they're, they're different ways of interpreting it, all our black errors are going to start to show up right, after this. Right, right. Artifacts from humans influence dog culture and define different regions culture. What makes that such a positive region is that, that it's happening in a, in a completely disconnected world in so many places all over the earth. It's only when those cultures meet each other mm-hmm. that bad stuff starts to happen. Where would discussing the size of the planet get into this? I think it should be Earth size, and only because it's easier for us to relate to, to an Earth sized planet. Gravity being the same. Gravity being the same. And I can understand that. My only fear is. I mean, because we, if we have. It's either Earth size or smaller, I think. No, I, no that's, I, what I was getting at was I, I have always pictured it as something smaller. Simply because we're talking about one colony getting there. How are they going to are are they going to spread to the entire region of this planet? Maybe not like they're yeah, not covering the planet, planet, but rather if you're mining for crystals, you're gonna go over the surface of the planet. And there may be one particular central city point that was the the, the entrance way with the far fetch, but on the other side of the planet there may be a single lone mining car the vehicle that is just broke down somewhere and was abandoned there because they said, well, screw it, we're, we'll get back to that in six months. And, and let and us not just... forget hunting-gatherer. Like, we know that the human race came from generally a specific region that spread itself out via the shifting land masses, and the dogs are working with a significantly smaller amount of time uh, than we had. So and, that... much qui- and a much quicker breeding process. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And in fact, and this is going to come up later in whatever wherever I can find an opening for it, but... Because genetically speaking, the dogs are coming off of a, 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 a biological culture that's, that's related to having like multiple, multiple breeds kids, and so yeah, on. Yeah. I mean, like when I was talking with the uh, Angela's bio about her living in one of the most population dense cities, you can imagine how easily that would be possible given how many babies dogs have. Mm-hmm. And as they evolve, they're going to be producing less babies. But it's still probably going to average like three at least. Probably, yeah. Three to yeah. So I'm going to add an event under Hunt and Gather to where... Oh, which, I should add, leads to a society that is way more socialist than it is anything else, or communist even, because... Pack-based culture to begin right, with. Right, exactly. Yeah. It starts with pack-based culture. You're dealing with a lot of people, all guaranteed, and families that have to be disassociated because there's too many And there also has to be a clear hierarchy as well. Yeah. It's like because there is an alpha dog thing going on, you know, so... If anything, getting over that is only something that's recently happened, if Mm -hmm. at all. Dogs spread across the planet, making room slash resources more plentiful for each settlement. Generally a positive thing. This is where they are consciously saying, we don't have enough to feed our burgeoning population. You guys go, and it's, just, it's a, yeah. It's a yeah. spread. It's a general spread, and it's going to happen at a much faster rate. Yeah. I'm going to say another event under the humans. I'm going to put the humans leaving, and that'll, that'll bookend so you could fill it up as much as you want. So just, just to cement that they will leave at some point. I'll say a crisis on Earth causes the humans to abandon the planet in a hurry. If you want to make... Adam and Eve, if you want to leave any humans behind, that's up to you guys. But this is just a general event of there is a bad thing that happened on Earth. Production has to stop. Most of them are probably going back. So this will be a negative. Be the first like negative thing here. And, and that's the other thing. Under events, you can expand in any order. You can put stuff in. So there's like there's a lot of loose, loosey-goosey rules. Just in your way, have we determined how many breeds of dog are going to be on this planet? Don't matter. I don't think it. I don't think it'll matter. Cause no, it, the only reason I ask is. 
if there are breeds that everybody's familiar with, that means that they had to have been brought there. You're yeah. not going to have any kind yeah. of naturally occurring unless we have. Well, I mean see. these these dogs. I mean these dogs were genetically engineered over the course of human history. We've got all these different breeds because of selective breeding. But at the same time, I think cartoon will give a leeway to that. Rule. Okay. No, I was like, just cartoon if, logic. Well, with <laughs> is with as specific as we've been with right, other right. things, it bears asking. Yeah. Humanity has succeeded in altering the physiology of dogs very quickly. I think it can happen naturally, and people will just accept it via the timeline, via the crystals. You can just assume that no matter what dogs started with, end product is, there's a bunch of things that I see that are familiar to me. But also people-shaped. So who the fuck? Some, they got head... They Cartoon got, logic. They got hair on their head, some of them. That's crazy. They're dogs. <laughs> Dingo's only got the little scruff, you know, just yeah. to make him like whatever. That's military. Funny. Yeah, he's got that. Yeah. <laughs> Dingo could get long hair when he's if he's like stranded in the wilderness. I don't know. I like, need that now. Like, I need wild Dingo. Like Rambo, he goes full Rambo. It just like grows on <laughs> on his neck with a mullet. Dingo with a mullet. God damn it! Business up front, party in the back. Oh, no Earth accents. <laughs> it's that's difficult. You can debate that. Man. I would challenge that. What other accents are we going to do? I've placed no Earth regional cultural intrusion. But, I mean, basically, we're not the Rogue Rovers. So we don't want to have... Uh, yeah, that's the other thing I want to differentiate. The Husky is not necessarily Russian game. Right, 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 exactly. However, let's say the Husky was raised in the equivalent of a British society. You could still... On the dog planet, yeah. On the dog planet. I'm okay with dogs having slightly different accents among themselves. But, like, in other words, I don't want all Chihuahuas to have a Mexican accent. Because that'd be like, what? Like, what? what's no, the point fine. of that? I'm fine with that. I just don't want to lose the opportunity to add character to someone right. through the way right. they talk. Right. Well, it's like in, in Dungeons and Doritos, we use French accents to denote Elvin. It's just a foil. Mm-hmm. It yep. doesn't it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But it's an accent that we understand that we can reference without having to create one ourselves. Yeah. And it was also a good joke. Sacré <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Boom! <laughs> so, the Gods from the Past era ends with some bleak shit but once it gets to the point that it, there's a conflict there and let's say that the dogs are still you know spread to such a degree that the, the cradle of the culture is is akin to ancient mesopotamia for example if they're obsessed now with acquiring artifacts from the landscape they're going to find something really destructive really quickly especially if they're mining stuff mm-hmm. so they're either going to find a crystal weapon or like a vi- vibration based weapon or something and they won't be able to reverse engineer it because obviously there's going to be all kinds of circuitry and microcontrollers and all kinds of stuff that they won't have any idea how to reproduce. That's going to take at least 100 years. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, they might be able to, whoever finds Worship that technology... And, and, and weaponize it. Yeah, whoever finds the technology... is Like the Ark of the Covenant. Covenant. Right, exactly. Like they find a laser miner device where it's like you use it to cut open, like you're in a mine shaft... You use lasers to cut the crystals from the wall. If you find a laser cutter like that, you'd be like, this is the eye of the master. You know, it pierces yeah. all. All right, gods from the past. Master weapons discovered, used to decide outcome of religious wars. I know exactly where I'm going next. I'm going to create our next era that bridges gods from the past to high society. War were declared. How about calling it Inquisition? Because, like, there's a lot in here. I know. Okay, okay. Which wars? Are we talking about the, the war that happened within the, the last hundred years of culture? Or are we talking about wars? More ancient wars where there was out of balance. It was a, it was a religious war, so I, that's why I said Inquisition. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, whoever has the laser weapons are going to make the rules for a while. And we should we should ask ourselves, like, they refer to the, the humans 
and all that came before as as their masters. They're loving gods. They're judging gods, depending on who you ask. Others would think that they've abandoned us. Right. You know, like. How then will they relate to being enslaved by their own people? Like, how's that going to influence society from that point on? Who understands the masters best? Those with the lasers decide. Yeah, that's pretty good in the byline. So, back to you, Doug. Okay. I'm going to add a scene. Uh, now, this is this is, this will be our first scene that we're going to do. The way a scene can play out is we improvise it by way of role-play or storytelling, if it's that complicated. I don't know if it needs to be role-played, but we all contribute and discuss the details of the scene. Right. The scene I want to do takes place in the event of the first weapon being discovered. I want to just do the scene where that weapon is discovered and really paint that picture, paint that moment Cool. Uh, and, and, and really explain what it's like. And I would I would start by suggesting that um, this is a weapon that had to have survived all of this time. It's probably a mining device of some kind, like, a laser, like a laser cutter. Powered by crystals because it's an infinite supply. It was abandoned when they had to leave in a hurry. Probably deep in a mine somewhere, in a, like really deep in a cave. And if this is, um, we're still kind of primitive. There's not a lot of technology yet. That's, you know, fire, hunter, gatherer. But there's a lot of legends surrounding master technology. There are of this like, it, spiritual it, presence, it, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a big deal because I mean, do they have written language of any kind yet? Like, I would how, say the the beginnings of it at least. Yeah. I would I, I would I would say C- probably cuneiform. So, so, yeah, something that's to make a human comparison. I would put it in um like around that same uh, trader Mesopotamian trader right. sort of era. C- you know, cuneiform. Yeah, yeah, and and that they've seen weird objects that they, maybe they couldn't explain, and they chalk it up to the gods, right. the masters. But this would be the first hands-on, tangible thing where it's like, holy shit. Almost seems alien to them, and I'll explain. The way I'd explain it is, they're just in a cave looking for ore or crystals because they use crystals as well. Maybe there's they reach a part where there was an old cave in, and they're like, let's dig through. There could be more crystals in there. But when they get through, it's like a square channel, like a machine just dug through it, and they're like, what the hell kind of beast? would have done such a thing. And they just timidly start exploring this square or round, like perfect tube sort of uh, thing. Basically, we would recognize it as machine created, but they have no idea. It's not a naturally occurring cave formation. Exactly. For those nerds who play Halo. (laughs) And uh, when they finally get to the end, there could be branches off in several directions that lead to dead ends and, you know, whatever. It's all smoothed out. But by the time they reach to the end of one tunnel or cavern or whatever you want to call it, they just find a giant machine which would we could recognize as like a roving thing on wheels that just looks tread, something a like tread that. something the treads or, or wheels almost like what what did uh, shredder used to drive when he would go down the into the into the tech no, but no 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 not that thing the these, drill these transportation oh, yeah. modules um i forget what they were called actually but, but the big drill yeah, on the front yeah. something akin to that uh with a, mm. a laser laser mounted cannons on either side just meant to zap away at that the thing here some branding perhaps it could be faded with time like earth mining. Dented in from cave-ins and stuff. Just, you know, it's... Something because, time. let's face it, as, the, as a human, we love putting brands on shit. Mm-hmm. We need to know what this is and why. Oh, yeah, I think a lot of the religious symbols from, from the dog should be like either like mission patches from like whatever group this was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, there's two st- choices for what kind of an institution led this mission out here, and it's either a government or it's a private corporation. And... I think maybe it's maybe maybe we should go and we should decide right now what that is. Like, is it is it funnier if the dogs worship Pepsi or something, you know, or like Lockheed Martin? Uh, Frankly, I think the world government is going to be the one who financed everything, mm-hmm. but we will have remnants. There will be corporations of Earth, pop, col- yeah. of Earth pop culture everywhere because I doubt that they will. I mean, even I mean, let's just face it. 
how are you going to get funding for something like this when it is literally the entire planet behind it? You're going to have sponsorships. You're well, look at look at modern day NASA. You have Boeing and McDonnell Douglas, and uh, what's the, what's the one Canada company that made the arm on the space shuttle? And they have they use Dell computers laptops on the ISS. You know, I don't see why we can't just do both and whatever whatever works funniest or whatever works best. Uh, if something is a government one or if it's whatever private company, that's fine. Private companies could have built the machines that they use. I mean, technically, you want to get really technical. Private companies build the guns that our military uses. Right. Right. So government organization, but funded the mission. But, but our lightning dogs may find what they originally perceived as ancient like, symbols, religious yeah. symbols, but like in a, on a fucking vending machine. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> what I think needs to happen in this scene is as our our pack of, of exploratory dogs is is checking this thing out, one of them is standing on the business end of this, and he'll get and fried. When, no, course, and yeah. when yeah, and when it gets activated, we see immediately first off that this thing is lethal, and that the dogs understand that. Mm-hmm. And immediately, whoever was in charge of it believes that this is a tool of the master's judgment. He's cursed for touching it. It clearly is not of us. It's clearly of a god. It's clearly design. of the masters. And he touched it, and uh, he, he touched the wrong. That. He touched the wrong end. He clearly yeah. did not follow the masters appropriately. Or he was, or he's not a true believer. Well, you know? or, or, or they. I mean, they. The way these people could, you know, see this. This accident could happen. They go back to the leader of their of their town or whatever. They're like, "What do we do?" And obviously, whoever's in the leader is kind of like in a megalomaniacal position. Be like, oh, you know, hungry for power, and how else will the others bow down? Like they'll they'll know. Would that be a have this? Would that be a separate scene? That would be an event afterwards, like the fallout of that. But the the scene the scene is a moment in time, and we have to answer a question. The question is, what do they discover? And uh, how do they recognize its importance? And the answer was is that they discover a laser cutting tool deep down into a mine. And the way they recognize the importance of it of being godlike is that it they, kills, they, one, it of kills one of them. And it can't be a straight up vehicle to the degree of, of Shredder's. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has to be somewhat portable. Otherwise, also, also uh, fairly autonomous. Right. Um, it wouldn't be something you would sit in. I don't think. Otherwise, they would just make it a tank and just fucking you know like mm-hmm. be whatever. Question: What is the first weapon found? How do they know it's sacred? Answer, deep in a mine that was caved in, a team of miners and merchants find a human laser cutting tool. One of them accidentally is killed. They flee the cave and report to an elder that they found a weapon of the gods. What's interesting about this is that once they realize that uh, the ancient things are, you know, are, are to be found underground, whether it's not, not straight up mines or, mm-hmm. or, or you know, structures long covered by, by dirt and, and erosion and so on, then... Well, one of the most important facets of, of religious dog culture is going to be digging for bones. Yeah, it's true. Cap is next. Yes. Cap writes down an event. None of what Tony just said happened. <laughs> it's a good event. New rule. No Tony. God <laughs> damn it. This is every event I go to. Aww. What do you expect with a title called The Great War? <laughs> that could've been, could been The Great War. Oh, it's so great. It's so great, you guys. Nobody died. We all just shook hands. We called it a war afterwards because everybody was there. So, it felt weird not to. For, for listeners, I wrote a car that said The Great War. I filled it in with black, and Tony went, oh. <laughs> okay. It is the modern era war. It's the World War it, One it, equivalent. It is, except to, to visualize it, imagine a modern era world war. This is beyond present era technology at war. Now, it's not going to go nuclear, and maybe that's not going to happen because they have had no reason whatsoever to develop nuclear technology. The crystals 
have been plentiful. If anything, they're, they're reaching towards a possibility of searching for alternative fuel sources, which might lead to destructive things like coal and nuclear energy. Or maybe not because they've lived... Crystals are so good. Anyway. Yeah, but you know, they're depleting their own supplies. They're probably aware of that. And, and certainly resource control will have something to do with the onset of this war. I don't know if we can say that right now, right here and now, for sure that's the genesis. But if you look at it this way, say let's say we don't, we don't know the geography of this planet and uh, maybe that's something we should do of just like make some blobs on paper and be like, all right, this is it. How does, well, let's make this, these shapes work. But let's imagine World War II in broad strokes, post Pearl Harbor, the United States against the Axis powers. It's basically one side of the world versus the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. And of course, some of our allies are over there. But let's, let's, for simplicity's sake, imagine it from an American perspective. That's a lot to simplify. It's worthy of its own era. Yeah. So let's let's say it's uh we got to we got to decide what the what the problem is. I guess like what is the divide? Like, like some nations have their status quo, and one nation is particularly advantageous in not respecting boundaries and taking advantage. It's a more aggressive alpha. It's it's the decision that one alpha makes that society is connected enough at this point. That could even be it. That society their society. We need to return to the old school thought of alpha of one pack. Yeah. No, because right. there will always be an alpha. Yeah. Well, it's it's it'll be you know the president, the prime minister, the king, the queen, whatever. We gotta but, we gotta assume that the dogs are as connected mm-hmm. as we are now, if not more so. And that's what I mean. Right. Once they get to this point, when they are that connected, when news can disseminate that quickly, what's the point of having more than one alpha? And which is the true alpha? An alpha is a pretty big thing to have in a world this big. So one would assume that they would have to have that, that, that by and large dog society, especially for us as viewers to relate to them, will have had to have split up a bit more to like to not acknowledge a global alpha. But this is someone. Pushing to be a global alpha. That is where okay. I see the conflict being. That okay. there is somebody who demands to be a global alpha, and perhaps at the resolution of it, even though How those, about, uh, who, even though those <clears throat> who win don't necessarily believe there should be a global alpha. A global alpha is place is is put in place a so glo- as to a, keep the peace. How about the idea of a global alpha being like a, a sort of a secondary part, but the big main divide? Because clearly, clearly, they both sides would have access to master technology. This is something that they are starting to. Basically, everybody believes that masters were here. This is where the basis of all of our all of our technology. It came from outside. The big question could be: half these people want to say, "Let's go find the masters. Let's go, you know, let's go out there and try and figure out where do we come from? What are we doing here?" The other half of society is going, "No, they left us behind." And uh, maybe it's for the best because they they seem to be a warlike race. You want to go out there, they're going to come back here and kick our ass. Look, we almost destroyed ourselves in the past, in, in, and you want to go knock on their door? You know, like, we, we need to stay here and focus on, on canine culture and canine problems. And then the government, the lightning dogs are under, no, the one, the only clear answer to it is, if we don't knock on their door, someone will. And if we don't do it, and we better be the ones right. to do it first. So this, the, the big argument could just be deciding what to do with this master technology. One side says, could you imagine what would happen if, if another country other than America said, hey, we have literally invented the Farfetch. We can go to another planet in the blink of an eye, and we found a planet that seems to have advanced intelligent life that first left technology on our planet. We want to go check it out. 
you think America would be like, yeah, sure. You know, like, yeah, do what you want. You know, like there, everybody would have an opinion. Everybody would have an opinion, but I don't see that as something to go to war over necessarily. I do. I like that as a backdrop to it. Mm-hmm. And and the reason I'm going to defend the the idea of it being the war of the alphas is it's oh it could be like led by no, the and, one guy and yeah. that's what but when you're talking about rallying when it is what are these forces fighting over it's put my guy in charge yeah now they might have their own reasons the one could be that he's the one who's saying we need to go when we need to find the masters before someone else does the other one could be the you know fuck them but they are going to war for their alpha so in in what you said where that could be a secondary I say let's make that the primary with the secondary being what we just described as the the leading into this Cold War, leading into this development of technology and the Farfetch. Well, here's the thing. I honestly don't think the Farfetch program... Like, if the Lightning Dog's mission is at the crux of a global debate, then their mission is very different and relates back to the dog planet more than the story we want to tell. So the Farfetch project still needs to be covert ops post-war. That's that's the only way to tell the story we want to tell without involving all the politics that the the viewers don't need to doesn't need to enter into it until maybe way later, if at all. Mm-hmm. The flip side is that we don't need to show the world at large. We show, and we don't need to show that the far fetch has been completed. We can have this war being based off of the idea that this needs to happen, or at least this conflict between the two alphas, that this needs to happen and the other one says it doesn't. At the end of the day, the far fetch being done, this being a thing to, to do, right, could just be something we focus on in one nation for for all the viewer needs to know at the start of our at, at the start of lightning dogs this idyllic piece of society has never is, had a problem has yeah. never had a problem this is all right. that exists right. mm-hmm. i mean like you come like, to america you see a beach on the west coast of florida on a sunny day and that's your only exposure to it my god fucking florida's wonderful america's a great place to be <laughs> let's go home man mm-hmm. this is perfect then you go to one of the east coast beaches on a cloudy day everybody's in traffic Everybody's miserable. Man, this place is this place is very. We don't we don't need to know just because we all agree that there needs to be a great war. There needs to be a great divide. There needs to be a big struggle that they have to overcome. Because there's two kinds of struggles. We have an Inquisition where this is like a very primitive sort of religious struggle. Ours is the right way. Bow down. Yeah, they they grow out of that. Technology then grows, but technology exceeds their temperament, and then it becomes a great war like this. And then out of that, then comes a sort of the more higher society, modern society after that. I might even say that high society could happen. Do you, well, Cap, where did you see this happening, before or after high society? Uh, it depends on how you interpret high society. Tony wanted that to, to represent the 60s, but honestly, I, uh, I I feel like that should be the, the, the high society to me feels like... Great, it says pinnacle of canon culture, so we should just assume that that's like right here at the yeah, end of the timeline. that's what I was thinking. But to me, the world that gives birth to our story of the Lightning Dogs is one of the Cold War, is John F. Kennedy saying we will go to the moon, but that's happening in private. It's, it's the world where the government invests actual time and money trying to develop people with telekinetic powers because they're so afraid of what the other guy might be doing mm-hmm. like where they'll they'll pursue every means to an end possible i think that that's probably where they should be coming from things are good in the world things are pretty good and and most of our our characters have survived the war uh i would still say that's pinnacle even though yeah. it's kind of a, a, a cold war it's still the pinnacle of culture at that point mm-hmm. and and that's when i say the pinnacle of canine culture it's the idea that this is as far as we've come this is the best that we've been and it hides a hell of a lot. It could, And the idea of a Cold War can be different from the human Cold War in the sense that everybody is at peace. The Cold War was like they were waiting for a war to break out because there was so much they disagreed upon. This could be that, let's say, a treaty's been signed 
we are officially at peace and nobody's happy 100% with, with the agreements that were made. Concessions right. were made on both sides. And because of that, people are thinking, look, it's not going to last for forever, but uh, we're, everyone's kind of unhappy even though the killing has stopped, technology is at the highest it's ever been, we stopped killing each other, which is the most important thing, but we're not really happy with how things are sitting right now. Meanwhile, all the governments on either side are working on their own little technology stuff because even though they're at a peace... Who's going to be the leader? Who's going to be the cutting edge of the coming century? But what they don't know is that once they drop off the lightning dogs on Earth and they discover Glampire, then they're like, look, whatever problems we have back on, on, on the home world, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, because if he shows up, it's over. That's even like season two, season three. That's only Right. Yeah, dogs. we wouldn't even get that. But they, the idea that when they leave, the height of society is at peace, but there is that underlying current of... It could fall at any moment, like like it could sway back at any moment, and not to be cynical, but rather just sort of like it's an uneasy truce. But well, everyone's it's... no one wants to be the first person to pull the trigger, but they but everybody wants to be the most powerful person. But if you show too much aggression, you're going to be met with that well, same amount. It, nobody wants to be the first one to pull the trigger. Nobody wants to get shot. True. Yeah. And it's I mean think about a pinnacle. It's the utmost. It's the zenith. It's mm-hmm. the top. Where do you go from there? But down again. Right, and, and it might be also a balance of uh, of one side of the of the coin, the side of the lightning dogs are on, don't really uphold much religious zealotry, but the culture that was against it, they would prefer to have, like, if they got a hold of something like the Farfetch, they're the ones who would want the masters to side with them, like, in their decisions and so on. These guys, they just want discovery. They want to know what's beyond the door, and they want to make sure that it's nothing that the other people could use against them. One regards the masters as all-seeing, all-powerful. The others could regard the masters as they're a flesh and blood, and I want to meet them. Which could even tie into the dichotomy of Cain Corso. Yeah, exactly. He's like, yeah. I see Cain is coming from that that more master-worshipping culture. But at the same time, wants to know. Like, he needs well, to he know. Wants to yeah. he, 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 he wants to meet him. He wants to know I, I why. Just, I yeah. look at him as a recovering Catholic. The, the, the idea of being like, if he were to meet a master face-to-face and talk to him, he's like, why? Well, why did you leave? Like, it's a, were we bad? No, it, it, what it, it happened? And then they're just like, no, dude, like, we just left. It, it, it didn't mean anything. It's like, but no, it had to be something because you left everything behind. Why would you not do that unless you wanted? It's like, no, dude, just, just sorry. This is, you know, like, a human you would be put off leave food it. on your plate? Yeah. Because like, you were sorry, man. I mean... Sorry you put so much emphasis on that, but that didn't mean anything. Uh, you you can't say, I understand. You you just can't tell me. That's, that's fine. You know, work in mysterious ways and all that. The Great War, a force with some degree of zealotry, aggressively takes on the rest of the, quote, free world. That's, that's big enough. This this feels like a healthy amount of arrows. Let's start getting some events. There's still... There's still there's room for... Right yeah. here needs some stuff. That needs, that's the Romantic like, Era, or like, the like Age of Enlightenment. Renaissance, the Ren- yeah. In fact, yeah. I will... That's exactly what I was going But to. Age of Enlightenment's probably a better phrase, because Renaissance... Essentially, if you're looking at the, the Inquisition... And you could add more throughout. That's the beauty of this game. I could decide, you know what? In between the wild and hunting and gathering, I want to I would do whatever. Like, you could do anything you want. Yeah. There's no rule. The Inquisition, if they have they have enough scholars who are trying to find more out about the masters for the purpose of the religious people in power, that it creates effectively an Age of Enlightenment because there's because once they once they can turn on... The masters. It's tangible. Like you can, it's, like, you know, there's not a, not a lot of philosophy involved. It, it's just a matter of science. Like you like, need to, the science to understand this. It, yeah, and, and they get they get books, they get movies, Videos, they get yeah. all kinds of stuff. Think about how quickly culture would change if you discovered 
if you could, if you somehow found out, oh gosh, the the ancient Egyptians they left videos of themselves. Like, holy shit, it would change overnight. Yeah, you know, it's like, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, stop taking selfies. Well, because I think you don't even know what human, what masters look like, and you're just reading the texts of emails I sent back and forth about updates on the mining, and then one day. There's something called an attachment to this email. What is this? And it's a, a Skype video of, hey, honey, uh, my name's been going good out here. I just want to say hi. Happy birthday to the little one. And uh, I'll, I should be back, uh, you know, in six months. And then it's like, what the fuck? You know, like you'd have no idea. You would blow your mind. And that's that would you would need a scientific approach to even understand master technology. So it would go to reason that So you, you I, that I have added Age of Enlightenment. Merry Christmas. War is over. All this tech starts to make sense. <laughs> The beginning of understanding it, yeah. Where do you want to play, Doug? Well, I always had the idea of um, building the mythology of whatever, and that would be the first hint of Lightning Dogs, was that their epic of Gilgamesh was inspired by events. So I'll say this is the sort of solidification of language. Like, this is really, like, it's, it's no longer a lot of grunts and stuff. Like, this is the really... You need language in order to do the hunting and gathering to explain, okay, this is how you do this. Like, this is how we do this. Like, mm-hmm. this is whatever. And to sort of seal that deal, a culture begins more than just surviving. And that could be through stories and myths and legends explaining questions. Wow, why is this like this? And th- that eventually leads into gods from the past when they start discovering things that they can't explain. But before that happens, when it's still... Before they can recognize there are things that don't belong... They're just trying to make sense of the world around them. Their stuff is focused on pure dog culture, but they have no influence on, on, on of masters. And one of the ideas I had that sort of linked into what does a lightning dog mean and, you know, Navy SEALs and, you know, all, all that stuff. If there was an ancient story, like I said, like their version of Epic of Gilgamesh, the, the legend of, of a dog that was back in the days of the wild because dogs stereotypically are afraid of lightning and thunder. And if there was a dog that would, like, whenever they would go out hunting, they would have to run back in whenever the whenever the rain started because they were afraid of, of whatever the... Of the loud was. noise yeah, from the sky. Exactly. But there was always an alpha dog. There was a pack leader a who wasn't... A lightning dog. A lightning dog who was just not afraid and would go out. And his tribe, his, his pack did well because... He would hunt regardless. Yeah, the hunt's not off just because it starts raining, you know? Like, and because of that, they did well. So um, I'll say the legend of, of uh, the, the Lightning Dog is, is their epic of Gilgamesh. It's the first large, great story that spread and was a... It's, and a, ta- be- it's a tale of courage, of, yeah, it's, of it's at, overcoming it's a, the elements and of... It's, it's at the heart of dog culture that goes back further than master culture, as far as they're aware of. Because, like, yeah, like a Gilgamesh goes back further than any of the established religions that we have now. I'll say dog culture reaches its peak with the popularity of sort of like how the ancient, like, a, you know, Homer would sit around the campfire telling, spinning these yarns, telling these stories. This is sort of the height of that before we start to recognize the significance of master uh, artifacts. So I'll say... Um, and just because the, the storyteller in me thinks that this would be entertaining, do we want Dingo to be a descendant of that first lightning dog? I figure this is a legend that does, they don't necessarily know if it's true, but it's like they believe it. I mean, we could always, you it, could always speculate. Like, yeah, it might be hard for... I know, it's, well, it's, it's like, generations are you, and generations. Are you reading Onwinds? Yes, yes, I am. Uh, well, so so you know that in that world of, of anthropomorphic animals, everyone argues over what species the great hero was, mm-hmm. ends up being a human. Yep. Everybody thinks it's them. So at this point in this history, there's there's no way to know. Everybody could claim. No, you know, I, I don't mean it as, you know, Dingo claims to be or Dingo even knows. If anything, it would be royalty and probably our German analog would believe that they are 
are. Uh, yeah, but they wor- they swear they believe. Right. Well, everybody believes. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, ju- I just think it would be entertaining. At least for me. That's where my brain goes. It's just a story, Tony. It's, it's, it's not true. It didn't really happen this it, way. It could. <laughs> but I, I look at this as having had happened. The same way the story of King Arthur didn't happen, you know, but it's a huge part of our culture, you yeah. know. But in this day and age, you're not going to say, Oh, I'm a descendant of King Arthur. You're the only only person who's gonna say that is some like fucking aristocrat like monarch. So I wrote, uh, "Legend of the First Lightning Dog spreads and solidifies the culture that is trying to understand the world around them." Uh, the dog was not afraid. <laughs> Simply like that is that because again, like with early human culture, it was us trying to tame the world around us and understand it, and then right. after that, our culture changed on top of that. All right, so um, I'm going to develop a, kind of a, a midsection for Inquisition. Mm-hmm and uh, go down the train of thought of, based on this religious fervence, what we're going to see is we're going to see simultaneously in different regions of the world two analogs to Earth culture developing. We're going to see the same sort of culture that built, you know, the uh, the, the cathedrals of, of, like, Catholicism and all that all across Europe, and we're going to see also simultaneously Roman culture. With Romans, their gods were incentives, things they, they believed in, and they encouraged them. And they maybe influenced them doing evil acts. They influenced them doing good acts. They had a culture that allowed for them to... An art and everything that comes with it. Right. There was a freedom in their belief. And as such, they prospered from it. And the other the other side of the coin, there was a restriction to their belief. And so it... it a resistance every, to it. And, it. and it pushed everything in a single direction that was just as valid, arts and culture and so on. But uh, but embodying the uh, oppression that the Inquisition this is bringing was. law to the lawless. Right. Like, this is this is like when Christianity was invading and taking over the Nordic uh, gods and stuff. Just being like, well, you know, that's all nice, but have you heard about have you heard about our Lord and Savior? <laughs> and she's like, oh no, Thor sounds pretty cool to me. You got to convince me. What do you got? Law to the lawless, civilized culture. Religious focus turns into a Catholic-like culture of cathedrals. Conversely, a broad acceptance of a polytheistic master culture allows for a Roman-like landscape, two divided cultures. Interesting. To bring everything back around, I think I know what my last event needs to be. In the Age of Enlightenment, first dogfight. It's a very positive thing. A terrier takes to the skies in a rudimentary, master-inspired aircraft. Oh yeah, and how does how does space travel factor into the Great War? When does that happen? Like what? Maybe space travel happens after because if this is our World War a- analog, it could be what inspires the the technology to get into space. Right, have a uh, you know missile satellites and stuff it would be bad news if they mm-hmm. had anything like that. Or Star Wars era space lasers mm-hmm. in the sky would be pretty bad. That's the thing. Their World War One was fought with lasers. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah. <laughs> G.I. Joe is back. All the bad dogs have red lasers. All the good dogs have blue lasers. And that's just the beginning of the Domus timeline. We ended up doing two additional microscope sessions to get it all laid out. And those are coming up next. If you want to see what this session looked like, we've got a photo with all our cards laid out posted on this episode's page. This is a pretty momentous episode for a number of reasons that have nothing to do with the founding of Domus. For starters, it's the first episode released since the launch of our Patreon. Maybe we shouldn't be surprised at this point, but we can't help it. You folks are amazing. In only a week's time, we're nearly 75% to our first goal, getting a monthly budget of $200 to ensure that we can keep up with our cost of operation and continue to pay for awesome artists like our vehicle designer, Max Acree, who you're going to meet later on in the series. 20 of you have joined the pack and have had your names emblazoned into our digital hides at lightningdogs.com. It's been an incredible launch thanks to each and every one of you. Tell them how we feel, Wolfman. Woo! Let me tell you, these Patreon backers are out of sight! 
We couldn't do it without you, and we're proud to be rolling with Robert J. Lickens II, Barry I, Sean Lawler, Asa Biz, Scott John Harrison, Stephen Peckham, Kutsushita, the Big Bad Shadow Man, Tim Sue, Hoodoo Voodoo, Jeffrey McSoley, David Van Pelt, Dan Jokera, Bradley Wilk, Pestilence, Cerebral Paladin, Judith Banks, and Evan Bommel. We got a hunk of hunk of burning love for each and every one of you. You're in the pack now, baby. Woo! If you like what we do and you're able to contribute to the cause financially, head on over to patreon.com slash lightning dogs. Even a dollar is a huge help. We've got lots of bonus content on the way. A recent post that's up for everyone to see is a drawing that captured of Dingo in 3D. It's a life-size rendition made using the HTC Vive virtual reality headset and a program called Tiltbrush. We've got images and video up on our Patreon, Facebook, DeviantArt, and a few other places too. So be sure to follow Lightning Dogs to be in the know about cool stuff like that. Even if you're not able to join up on Patreon, you can still help us out in a big way by telling a friend, reblogging our posts and art on social networks, or rating and reviewing on iTunes. Just log in, give us a five-star rating, and if you have the time, post a review. We still need a few more to get a public rating on the US iTunes store. These are a massive help in allowing the series to be discovered. So if you have a chance, please click on over right now. You can find all the info you need on how to rate and review on iTunes over at nerdyshow.com slash spread the word. As you've probably heard us mention by now, our next Patreon goal is to get enough money to afford to pay industry professionals to consult on our pitch Bible, helping us on our way as we try our hand at making Lightning Dogs a full-fledged animated series. First in line is Greg Wiseman, creator of Gargoyles and co-creator of Young Justice. Lightning Dogs is indebted to Greg in many, many ways. Throughout his career, he's repeatedly set the bar high for dramatic animated television. And of course, there's the occasion that got us all together and inadvertently created Lightning Dogs, us commiserating about the untimely cancellation of Young Justice. That's why I'm thrilled to say that Young Justice is back. Just a week after we launched Lightning Dogs, the official podcast, Warner Brothers announced Season 3 of Young Justice is in production, with Greg Wiseman and co-creator Brandon Vietti back at the helm. Three years ago, we were mourning the death of dramatic television animation, and since then, it's come back strong. The return of Young Justice is a testament to the power of fandom and the power of good storytelling in general. The system is changing. It's assuring, it's inspiring, and it's a great time for Lightning Dogs. Thanks for being with us on this journey. Reach out to us, let us know what you think, and if you can, head over to patreon.com slash lightningdogs to join the pack. You'll have a front row seat as we continue the epic adventures of The Lightning Dogs. an event under high society for toilet is invented they call it turlet <laughs> well i was that was going to be the scene indoor plumbing creation we have to call the bathroom the sniffing room it's because they all sniff each other's butts <laughs> is that a thing that's happening i think they're gonna have to uh, by the time they get to high society they're gonna stop smelling each other's butts hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 